If you take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll begin reading in verse 6. You can stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. We're going to read three verses, and then we're going to move around throughout. What do you expect? We're continuing this series, and the title of today's message is What to Expect When We Give Generously. What to Expect When We Give Generously. Verse 6 says, Remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you are a cheerful giver, that you gave your son that indescribable gift so that we might have the opportunity to receive him as Savior. Lord, help our response to that be us surrendering our whole lives, all of who we are, to what it is you would have us to do to be obedient and faithful to what you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Today's message is inspired by one of our seven core values. Uh, today I want to read that to you. It's found on our website, trendybc.net. Our pastor rewrote these Spirit led him to um, lead the church in saying and answering the question, what is Trinity Baptist Church? What is our core values? What is the heartbeat of who we are? And number seven is God is worthy of our best. And I'd like to read that to you now. We are committed to biblical stewardship. The vision, we will continue to emphasize the biblical principles of stewardship of time, financial resources, spiritual gifts and abilities, and material blessings. We have a vision for training church members of all ages to discover, use, and further strengthen their gifts and talents for the Lord. We have a vision to help members to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and to the precepts of Scripture, discovering the blessings of being a cheerful giver and serving the Lord with gladness. We have a vision for encouraging and enabling all members to use their gifts redemptively, seeking first the kingdom of God. We have a vision for being able to adequately staff the church for ministry, provide necessary facilities and ministry resources, and support vital mission work through the generous contributions of our membership. We have a vision for providing the financial counseling and support for the household of faith first, then through the church to the community. These core values, if you haven't read them, will help us understand who we are as Trinity Baptist Church. Now, we have an opportunity as followers of Jesus Christ to impact the kingdom of God for eternity. Isn't that good news? Think about the opportunities that we have to invest in the kingdom of God, not just financially, but through our time our talents, our resources, and our abilities. Think about that. Now, I want to preface today's message with this disclaimer. This message today is not for you 
if you are a tithing, committed tithing family who gives to this church, okay? That, this message is not for you. And I would bet if you're one of those people, then chances are you're probably serving. 80% of the work that is done in God's house is done by 20% of the people. The statistics are very clear. Sometimes it's even worse than that. So if you're one of those people that's serving, maybe you're wearing many hats. Maybe you take time to serve those little ones in the nursery. Maybe you're serving in Awana and student ministry. Maybe you're one of our first impressions folks. Guess what? This message is not for you. Some of you today already know what your spiritual gift is. You've discovered that. You know what God's called you to do, and you're living inside of that. You realize that God has a plan for your life. You've discovered your spiritual gift, and you're serving using those gifts for the kingdom of God. Well, guess what? Once again, this message isn't for you. This message today isn't for me to stand up here as a pastor and beat you up and say, hey, you need to do more. Today's message is for us to realize the opportunities we have to impact eternity. What great opportunities as we think about how God so richly blessed our church just over the past few years, over the past few months. We think about as our ministry placement team has been praying and, and seeking out who is next to step up and serve and use their spiritual gifts in this church. I look back at how God blessed last year. Record amounts of financial giving for this church. Record number of baptisms with 40. Record number of new additions to our church through membership. Folks, record numbers, you just heard it, of camp kids who are going to be a part of our camp. The, the Wednesday nights here at Trinity, if you haven't been a part, record numbers of K-5 through 5th grade kids on a Wednesday night. Record number of students in student ministry. And the list goes on and on. People who are involved in small groups for the very first time. People who are serving for the very first time. And you and I know that it takes resources to do this. Here's another disclaimer for you today. As we look at, some of you allow Satan with his heat-seeking missile to say, uh-oh, here comes the pastor talking about our billfolds, talking about our finances, so I'm about to shut down. I want you to know that today's message concerning any of this, because listen, you all have been faithful to give, you all have been faithful to serve, but today's message is not reactionary. Today's message is not out of me taking a look and saying, oh man, the giving's down, Pastor Robbie. We need to get up there and, and let them know they need to give more. No. This message is not to say that, oh man, we need some more volunteers. By the way, we do, because we just continue to multiply the number of places for people to serve. But this is not to get up here and say, you need to do more. This is for you to realize, for you and I to realize that we have an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. This is an opportunity for us to do things that we can't do on our own in the flesh, but the Spirit leads us to give of ourselves and to do that generously. Isn't that good news today? And to see souls saved, lives changed. We had record number of, of attendance on Easter Sunday, near 700 people on this campus for Easter Sunday. Now, you know the population of this county, that does, that's no reflection of that. 
This place could be overflowing, no seat left unattended if God's people got excited about giving generously of all of who they are. So once again, I want to encourage you today that this is not me up here trying to give you a guilt trip, me trying to manipulate you into a decision or to do things that God's not called you to do, but God's called all of us to respond to this indescribable gift who is Christ Jesus by surrendering our lives for his kingdom. And so that's what Paul's trying to do here as he's encouraging the church at Corinth about sacrificial giving. And so what do we expect when we give generously? The first thing is we have the opportunity to share. You know, we learn as little children the importance of sharing. Our flesh, the way that we're made, our sinful desire is to say that that toy is mine and I'm not going to give it away. But we're taught by our parents, hey, you need to share. It's your turn to share. Absolutely, folks. Today, it is our turn to share, all of us, what God has so richly blessed us with. Now, what's the, the biblical foundation of, of where this is coming from? We many times run quickly to how important it is for us to be a cheerful giver. But why was Paul encouraging the church at Corinth to do that, to give to the church and the work of the church in Jerusalem? Here's why. Look at verse 1 of chapter 9. Now concerning the ministry to the saints, it is unnecessary for me to write to you, for I know your eagerness, and I brag about you to the Macedonians. So this wasn't something that the Corinthian church was, was bad at, okay? They weren't lacking in their eagerness to give. He was reminding them, saying, it's time to become part of this team. It's time for, for us, as we say many times, we say, put our money where our mouth is. It's time to get excited about the opportunity to give. And he uses the church at Macedonia as an example. The church at Macedonia didn't have really thing to, anything to give, but they gave in over and abundance, setting the example of others for what it looks like to be sacrificial in giving. We find that in chapter 8. So it says to go on here in verse 2, For I know your eagerness, and I brag about you to the Macedonians. Achaia has been prepared since last year. So I want you to understand today that I'm not going to be like a, a, a head football coach soliciting the funds of a booster club. That's not who we are here at Trinity. I'm not asking you today to say, okay, he's going to ask me to get out my checkbook and that those baskets are going to be full when we leave today. I want you to know something that as one of your pastors, I have no idea other than what I give. I have no idea what anybody in this church gives. I know that may be um, a misnomer, a myth inside of the church is that I know what those pastors do. They go and they take a look at who gave and who's not giving, and that's who they spend their time with. Absolutely not. God wouldn't honor that. He wouldn't bless it. And it's none of our business. It's between you and God. So listen, this is not in reaction to that. I want you to understand that I am here today to encourage all of us that we have an opportunity to not just give the tithe, but to give out of the overflow and the abundance of God's blessings, the gift of what it means to give generously. But I sent the brothers, in verse 3, 
So our boasting about you in the matter would not prove empty, and so you would be prepared just as I said. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, would be embarrassed in that situation. I'm not here to embarrass you today. I'm here encouraging to be a cheerful giver if you're not already. Therefore, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance the generous gift you promised so that will be ready as a gift, not as an extortion, not manipulation, not trying to make you do something you don't want to do, doing what God has called us to do in giving. Now, how many of you know that the Federal Reserve, they take in old money and print new money? They're really good at printing new money, right? We've got a problem with that, right? We've got too much printed money. But the Federal Reserve takes in old money and destroys it. And so you had a $100 bill and a $20 bill and a $1 bill. They were hanging out. You know, they'd been doing the things that they had done. They'd lived their life as money, and now they were back at the Federal Reserve. And so the $1 bill and the $20 bill, they went to the $100 bill, and they said, man, what all have you done? Tell me about the things that you've seen as a $100 bill. And he said, oh, let me tell you, I've been on glamorous vacations all over the world, all over the globe. I have eaten at some of the finest restaurants that money could buy. I have... I have bought beautiful houses, magnificent mansions. You would not believe the things that I've seen. Well, the $20 bill didn't want to be stood up and made to look bad. So let me tell you what I've done. Man, I have been to some really nice restaurants. I've been on vacations to the beach. I have been to sporting events. And at one time in our history, I could fill up a whole tank of gas, just a quarter tank now, but a whole tank of gas. And the $1 bill, he's just over there, mouth open wide. Wow, this is amazing. You guys have been, you have seen so much and done so much. Well, the $100 bill is like, dude, what's your problem? He said, tell us about what you've seen. He said, guys, all I've seen is Lutheran church, Presbyterian church, a Methodist church, a Baptist church, 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 church. Some of us approach giving in that way. We say we've got money for everything except for God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so we have an opportunity to give generously and be a part of this blessing to give sacrificially, to give God what he owns. I think about even me and my wife when we got married. And you get at that crossroads as newlyweds and you start wanting to live the American dream. And I can remember God clearly showing to us almost 20 years ago now that it was important for us to tithe. And I do not regret that one bit. Thankfully, we had examples of what it, that looked like in our parents. As parents and as families, we can continue to set that example by giving of the tithe and then giving that gift in overflow of that i think about reach together how many of you know what reach together is reach together is our gift campaign not our tithes and offerings but our gift campaign
to build a new sanctuary. How many of us would like to see a new sanctuary where more and more souls are reached for the gospel of Christ here in Madison County? How many of you would like to see that? You have an opportunity to be a part of that. You have an opportunity to invest in that if you're not already. Wow, that's just in our giving. That is just in what God has asked us and commanded us to do. You look at Malachi in verse 3, and you, um, chapter 3, you can see in Malachi all throughout where it talks about robbing God. If we're not giving of the tithe, then we're robbing God. Who, he, he owns all of it anyway. And so he's saying, test me in this. Look at verse 10. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. You say, well, I'm not going to be able to make ends meet. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, to buy food. I'm not going to be able to do this. Listen, if you're not going to be able to do it, God's going to be able to do it through your obedience. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? And man, think about the blessings. I can remember being newlyweds and even have newlyweds and little ones and saying, how are we going to buy diapers? Right? You got two in diapers. Anybody can testify, have two in diapers? How are we going to buy diapers? And then God provides. I can give story after story after story of God and his faithfulness. See me afterwards and we can, we can go over some of that but you have an opportunity to live by faith and give generously and share. The opportunity to share in the kingdom of God. You know, God's Word talks about money over 800 times. Possessions, gold, silver, ever how you want to look at it. Over 800 times God's Word talks about it. And 11 of Jesus' 39 parables talk about money. But in the church, we get nervous. Oh, here we go. He's scratching around my back door. He's getting in my personal business. He needs to mind his own business. Listen, I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty today. I'm saying that God's word is clear about how we have the opportunity to share in the kingdom of God. Martin Luther says this, I have had many things in my hands that I lost. The things that I placed in the hands of God, I still possess, trusting him with it. And then Proverbs 11, verse 20, or 24 says this, One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. So you have an opportunity to give. I think about our, our minister of worship, Pastor Jeff, who wears many hats, not just in what you see here on Sunday morning. I thank God that when we had to close the doors, here at Trinity during COVID, that he was the man that put together the online giving that many of you take advantage of, including me. And so one of those things is a text app that we've been using that many of you probably are familiar with, maybe even signed your kid up with camp with, with this by texting the number 706-222-1217. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It's okay for you to get your phone out right now, so please do and follow me. 
I'm going to show you something. Again, this is not, if you text this number, I think some of us are afraid, and I can see why in the world in which we live, that if I text that number, they got me. That's not it. That's not who we are. We're not trying to pull anything on you guys and girls this morning. I promise. I just want to show you something, a tool that is there available for you. So go to the text number, which, the two, so a new text, if you don't already have this number in your phone, and type in 706-222-1217. And then in the message, where you write the message, the text, put in give and hit send. And what you're going to receive, give it a few minutes, because you guys and girls probably just crashed the system all at once, but we're going to give it a try anyway. Give it a few minutes, be patient, and what you're going to receive is a link to give. Now, I'm not asking you to give. I'm just showing you how easy it is. And you're going to find two funds there, our general fund and our Reach Together fund. Some of you probably already use this often. You maybe go to your Breeze homepage, or maybe you go to our website and click on Give. This is a way for us to have an opportunity to give and invest in the kingdom of God. Isn't that good news? You know, you think about the stock market. Some of you may be highly invested in that, and it is uncertain. We know that. We've seen that many times throughout our, throughout our lives. But we know that when we invest in the eternal things of God, there is no question that he's going to bless it. Amen? Some of you can testify to what I'm saying today. Some of you, it's time to get involved, to, to, to join the team, to, to go from the sidelines into the game and become one of those people who is generous in their giving. They're willing to share, a cheerful giver. Now, again, as I mentioned, I'm not here to beat you up about money, but that is a big, big way that we do ministry around here. But another big way is through you. You using your spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God. Some of you do that magnificently. You know, a lot of people will come up to me after a camp service or, or after an Awana year or, or something big that's happened at church that has to do with kids or something big that's coming up and say, hey, man, I, you did a great job or, or you got a lot of work in front of you. Listen, all I, I tell people this all the time. All I am is a big mouth to get the word out of what's going on. There are some faithful, obedient, humble servants that are a part of this church that are pointing the next generation and beyond to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. You know who you are. You know what that looks like. Some of you, it's time to discover that and, and, and seize the opportunity to serve God. Look at what Paul says here. Here's what happens when we realize that we're sent. By the way, that's point number two. What to expect when we give generously? We have the opportunity to be sent by God. Look at this in verse 8. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you. What we need is grace, right? When we're serving Him, when we're, when we're trying to step out on faith to, to point people to Jesus, so that in every way, always having everything you need, See, when we trust Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, everything we need to do what God's called us to do. 
Isn't that joyful to know? Because in our own flesh, we will fail. But with God, all things are possible. And he wants to give us everything we need to serve him. So that, what? Look at the end of the verse. You may, may excel in every good work. Not just get by, but excel. Some of us are wondering, what's next for me? What's going to be the next steps in me following God? I, I, I see Miss Misty sitting back here in the back, and I'm glad she's in view of me, and she doesn't like for me to point her out. But there are some people, as a church sometimes, we are so, and the Lord's blessed, you know, I'm, I see Miss Amber sitting right here. Y'all bear with me. I, I want to I lay this out for you. The Lord has richly blessed us with so many kids. You've seen that. And I'm not up here to poor mouth and beg, okay? I swear I'm not up here to, I'm telling y'all, it just blows my mind. The potential in these precious souls that are here before us and the opportunity we have to build an army of Christ followers in a world that is so broken. But we've got so many kids that are a blessing. And as a church, I hope your desire is to excel, to give God your best, just as we read in our core value. Giving God our very best. Sometimes, y'all, you know what I mean when we're serving, especially with kids. Man, we're keeping our head above water because there's so many of them. And I think about the opportunity that we have with precious little souls. I'm just using that as one example. Precious souls that we have for people to use their spiritual gifts to love and give generously and pour into the hearts and lives. Not to just sit here on a Sunday, tip God, and say we've checked the list and, and, and did our thing to to do the right thing and put on, a, put on a front for people to say, well, they're good church-going people, but no, to go further, to give God more, to point these little ones to, to know, love, and serve Jesus. Amen. And I think about Miss Misty. I ask her all the time, I say, how many would it take for you to be fully staffed on Sunday morning? And she'll always give me, she'll get down and calculate it she don't want to ask anybody to do anything else. And she'll say, I need five couples or ten people. If we have that, then I don't have to miss services and fill in when people aren't there to serve. And, and I say that not to make you feel guilty, but we can excel as a church. Amen? In the area of ministering to young families who have, you say, well, I've already done my time. Well, there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. So we have the opportunity to be sent. Your mission field may not be in Africa, but it may be right over there with those little ones. Your mission field may not be in Tanzania, but it might be right down the road where we have camp here in just a few weeks. I get, I get excited about that. I love it. We're, ministry placement team, we'll sit there and if somebody ever decides they're going to use their, their spiritual gifts, Pastor Robbie and we see them living the fruit of that in their lives, the ministry placement teams, they're trying to give them five or six jobs. 
The church is not excelling when people are growing weary and well-doing. We need other people to step up and join the team and be blessed. It's not going to be a burden. It's going to be a blessing. Have the opportunity to be sent. You say, well, that's what you're supposed to say, Pastor Ben. You're a pastor. If anybody knows me, my in-laws are sitting right here in this place today. If anybody knows me, growing up, I was, and I still am without the Spirit of God, an introvert. But the Spirit of God, when I was a young man, got a hold to my life. That's a country term, man. Got a hold. Got a hold to me. When I said, God, whatever it is that you would, you would have me to do, I'm going to do it. And this may sound cheesy, what I'm about to say, and here, here's where that crossroads came for me. I can remember being in college, and y'all, I'm terrible at math. I had to take college algebra in the summer just so I could have a tutor and work through that thing. You know what I'm saying? Somebody give me an Amen. And y'all, I'm telling you, getting on my knees before God and saying, God, if you'll help me pass college algebra, I'll do anything you tell me to do. And I tested him in that, and he, and he answered that prayer. He showed me and equipped me with the abilities and the, and the spirit-filled gift of God that he had given to me when I was saved. He gave that to me and said, here it is, trust me, follow me, and I'm going to take care of you. No, it's not always been easy. No, it's not always been popular, but it's been so worth it. Oh, it's been worth it. It's been so worth it. So we have the opportunity to be sent. See, here's the reflection of these two things. When we think about our time, our talents, our resources, our money, our abilities, these things become a litmus test of our relationship with God. Pastor Tony Evans says you can look at someone and where their priorities are by their date book and their checkbook. How you spend your time and how you spend your money. You say, well, I'm ready to discover what that spiritual gift is. I'm ready to understand, Pastor Ben, what God has equipped me to do. You know, you find the biblical basis for this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. You have a list of these gifts that are given and you have other places throughout scripture where you find these gifts isaiah speaks on this in chapter 11 ephesians 4 7 through 13 romans 12 3 through 8 and by the way one of those gifts found in first corinthians is giving generously so you almost you say i want to discover show me how pastor being equipped me today today's message is real application heavy so you ready Here's how you do it. You maybe remember some of you have been around here for a while. Pastor Robbie equipped us with the shape assessment. Well, now that is available online. So get out your phone. Here we go. Are you ready? The same number. Some of us just need to save it in our phone, right? Go to the same number, 706-222-1217. And in the message part, again... I want you to put shape, okay? Put shape, S-H-A-P-E. And when you do that, here's what you're going to receive. A link to the shape assessment. Some of you maybe have done this before. 
It was good for me to once again affirm and, and rediscover what God has gifted me with as I did this last week again. And so you're going to go through this. It may take you a little time, but it doesn't take you a lot of time. And you're going to be able to go through this, and at the end of it, there's a place for you to put your email where, where it sends you your results, and then it gives you another line for an email for a church leader so that they can see your results. And you're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. He's got me. No, we're not going to take you to that corner right back there, ministry placement team, and corner you and say, we've discovered your gift, and here's what you're going to do to serve in God's house. That's not what we're doing. We want you to discover that and have the opportunity to be obedient in using those spiritual gifts. And so this is a resource. Take time to do it. Please. It will set you free. It will liberate you in what God's created you to be. And you know, you think about those next steps. After you discover what your spiritual gifts are, some of you maybe already know that and you just want to go back and do that again, then there's opportunity to serve. Not only do we have the opportunity to give generously, to share what God so richly blessed us with, then to be sent based on what God's equipped us with, then we have the opportunity to serve in the kingdom of God. Isn't that good news today, that we have an opportunity to get in on what God's doing? So many opportunities in this church to serve God. I think about some of them. First impressions. Some of you have met some wonderful people that have greeted you on a Sunday morning. That doesn't take a lot of effort. Did you know if we were fully staffed in our nursery and preschool, you wouldn't have to do that, but maybe four or five times a year. Right, Miss Misty? Awana on Wednesday night. I think about those servant leaders who poured into these kids opportunity for you to impact the next generation. The list goes on and on and on. Small group leaders. Small ways maybe considered in by many upfront ways, but in God's sight, it's level. The playing field's level, and he uses every bit of it. Somebody said, do you do background checks for your kids at camp? I said, we do background checks, for, for not for our kids, but our leaders at camp. Do you do those for your leaders at camp? Of course we do. Well, who has to do one? If you serve them a French fry or you're one of their counselors, you're going to be screened as a worker. In other words, every person that's serving God in the kingdom of God is needed and wanted. And God can multiply it. And you can serve. You can also text the word serve to that same number when you're ready to let us know what that is. And so it's those next steps. We talk about that a lot, those next steps. What's my next steps here at Trinity? Well, I'm glad you asked, Pastor Ben. We have on our website, right as you scroll, you don't have to go very far, you find the next steps. Click on that, and as you scroll down, you begin to discover these next steps that we are asking you to take to fulfill God's purpose for your life. It begins with salvation, church membership, getting involved in a small group, giving, serving, and doing 
what God has called all of us as a child of his to do. Not out of obligation, not out of manipulation, not out of being made to feel guilty, but saying, what is my next steps in serving God? You know, you see where Paul continues in these scriptures in verse 10. Notice what happens when we decide to serve. Notice what God does for us, how he goes before us and prepares a way and provides us with everything that we need. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many acts of thanksgiving to God. They will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with others through the proof provided by this service. See, there's that word. And they will have deep affection for you in their prayers and on your behalf because of the surpassing grace of God in you. And if you didn't hear anything else that I said today, if there's any reason to give generously through your finances, through your time, through your talents, through your resources, all of who you are, understanding that we're sent by God to serve Him, if there's no other reason under the sun to do that and be obedient, is found in this last verse. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. If you, can't, if you can come up with a list of excuses a mile long to say, I'm not able, I'm not equipped, I don't know what to do, if there's any reason for you to put all of those aside, it's that one right there. The indescribable gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. If someone led you to the Lord, they were being obedient and giving generously of themselves to point you to Jesus. Aren't you glad they did that? Now it's our turn to multiply, to plant those trees that will provide shade that we may never, ever sit under. You know, I think about the imagery of the seeds and the sower. I think about how there's this farming imagery, and many of you have been... Pastor Robbie mentioned the watering that we got yesterday from the Lord. But some of you have been having to water those gardens that you planted. Some of you have had to uh, get out. My papa had a soaker hose. Anybody know what? Y'all still have soaker hoses? Had a soaker hose. Some of you just had the sprinkler out there. Some of you may be hand watering because my well might go dry. You know, we've had those types of dry summers. But we've also had some rainy summers where you're like, man, where's all this rain coming from? And so I, I think I was talking to Josh Willoughby. He's sitting right over here last week about his garden. He and Elijah and, and their whole family, they have a magnificent garden. I mean, if you ever get a chance, go by and see it. I mean, it's big and it's long, and they talk about all of the fruit and the vegetables that they produce out of this thing and how much they can how much they freeze and how much they put up and give away. And so we see this imagery of the farmer all throughout Scripture. Jesus used that in many of his parables. 
And so we, we were talking about this garden, and he was telling me about it. He said, you're not going to believe what happened at the end of last season's harvest. He said, we thought we had canned and put up and give away everything that we could give away. But when we harvested the green beans, and that time's coming up very soon in the next few months, next month. When they harvested the green beans, they, they left the rest of it, plowed it up to go to seed. Well, you know how our summers and falls are here in the south. They can be warm. And so some of you may have those lake gardens. Well, what happened was, is they had some green beans that were left to be plowed up and go to seed that volunteered. You ever heard that before? Here in the south, we, that one volunteered. Some of you may have some volunteered that are growing this, this time in your garden. And they were able, through those volunteer plants, to get a whole other mess of green beans in October. Unexpected blessing. You know where I'm going with this. Some of you, some of us, we approach God and saying, well, we're going to bless God. We say we're going we're gonna to go and give and we're going to go and serve, expecting to be the blessing when then we realize when we volunteered, we are the ones who received an extra blessing. Are you tracking with me this morning? That's what happens when we give generously, when we volunteer, not out of obligation, but because we want to serve God and share with others and be sent by Him. So you're going to have an opportunity this morning to take a lot of next steps. That's something that we care about here at Trinity. That we're not just going through the motions. What do you expect? We expect people to get saved every Sunday. Not, not just on special Sundays. We expect people to get saved. We expect people to join the church and roll up their sleeves and start serving God. We expect people to get involved in small groups. We expect people who are saved to fall through a believer's baptism. We love to celebrate that. We expect people to not hide from the ministry placement team, but serve with gladness the Savior who set them free. And yes, we expect you, not because we said it, but in obedience to God, testing Him to give that tithe. And then we challenge you to give more what's going to be your next step today I'm going to pray maybe you want to discover and ask God the first step is to surrender it all to him at this altar to take those next steps in following Jesus allow him to be your savior whatever it is take those next steps and I promise you you won't regret it so when I pray it's your time to respond Heavenly Father we thank you we love you and we praise you. We worship you. Lord, we know that our lives can be an act of worship, holy and pleasing to you, God. So I pray that every area of our lives, that we would surrender that to you. That we would give to you, God, what you've given to us. You've given us life. You've given us the indescribable gift of your Son. You've equipped us. Those who have been saved, you've equipped us with spiritual gifts. May we now respond and give back, expecting nothing in return. 
God, we know that when we surrender, when we serve, when we love others better than ourselves, well, we realize that you go before us, you do the work, and the Holy Spirit's all-powerful to overcome anything in our lives. And so, Lord, today I pray that the Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way in the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, if there would be one in the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. However you would have people to respond, I pray, God, the Spirit would move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand with us?